Hi, this is Evan Track from the Free Buddhist Network. Today we bring you another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. In this episode, the main topic of conversation is the graphic novel Superman Red Sun. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to issue 17 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. My name is Ian Clark, and I'm joined, as always, by the Great Lakes Avenger himself, Andrew Howard. Andy, how are you today? I'm great. Uh, my team just moved back from the West Coast, um, and I'm sounding better now. <laughs> yes, hopefully this will be the best-sounding episode of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy ever. We've uh, hopefully ironed out some of the uh, issues that Andy had on his mic. So No uh, content guarantees, though. No, well, no, no, that's just, you're, you're going to get what you're going to get, but at least it'll sound better, hopefully. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I actually, the, the Great Lakes Avengers uh, nod was to uh, a way to say thanks to Andy for the week that we spent last week in Maine, not officially one of the Great Lakes, but we, I would call it a Great Lake, a beautiful place up in Maine, and my family was up there with Andy's family and some of the other uh, friends from, if you listen to our uh, Nerd Herders podcast, you'll know that's the location where we go for the winter retreat as well, so had a great week there, the weather wasn't super, but we still made the best of it, and I, I swim every day, um, so I, th- I think you did too, didn't you, pretty much, I did, right? I didn't go in Saturday, but I got you because I went in Sunday. Oh, okay. All right. So you, so you, you took the one off that I did on Saturday, which Saturday was probably the worst day, but it was one of those things where the lake water was so warm, it was warmer than the air temperature. So once you got in, it was fine. But anyway, we had a, we had a beautiful week there and a lot of fun and a good time. So, um, so I appreciate being able to, to go up there and, and spend the week up there. It was a lot of fun. But we are back now to talk about comic books, and I have caught up on a few things, and I have a surprise for you. I have a brand new book that I read the first two issues of. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so something something new this time out. Uh, I didn't have anything for uh, pre-segment discussion. I don't know if you did, but uh, I didn't I didn't have anything in the news or anything like that that I had uh, looked at recently. So no, did you? No, I just – I um, once again, I'm just kind of overexcited about all – of kind of the new stuff that's uh that's coming um we get the new the new iron fist uh we we should see some cool characters coming out of that as well so uh for tv shows i should say um yeah it's just i I was thinking about it again it's just one of those times where there is so much comic adaptation going on um one of the comics i'm going to mention this week actually two of them that i'm going to mention this week that i just started reading in uh, july in August, they're already optioning for TV shows, and one of them I think is like brand new, but it's a uh, it's Mark Millar. So, I think he, you know, he has such talent that they're just going right to it, and it's just amazing to see how much goes right from uh, comic books uh, into uh, TV. The only other yeah, thing... and... oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, didn't they? Um, uh, oh, and I know our our buddy Jamie is is correcting you now, Mark Miller. I and I know, to I be fair, purpose. oh, okay. I I want to say Millar every time too. Um, so now I think we already covered this, but did, didn't Netflix option his entire like Millerverse, like all of his stuff? So yeah, I think I, I kind of forgot that, but yeah, that's what. Yeah, so any, but that means anything new he does. I didn't realize it was like I thought they were gonna go back and look at stuff but like he has a new comic and it's going to be a tv show like right away 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's what's great about that is that, yeah, you can see right off the bat. I, and, I boy, that's never been done, has it? Where a, a comic, if they were to – and I know it hasn't – the TV show hasn't come out. But imagine if they launched a comic and a show at the same time. Nobody's ever done that. Well, G.I. Joe was cl- – not close, but you had a kind of a cartoon with the toys and the comic book like – I think the comic predated the cartoon, though, because I think they started doing cartoon, uh, like animated commercials for the comic book. I had never seen commercials for a comic book before, and then G.I. Joe did it, and I think it sprung out of that. I, I'm not positive, though, I, but I, I almost feel like the comic came before the cartoon, and the, toy, the toys and the comics came out, and they hit pretty big, and then they were able to, to do the cartoon because there were the restrictions before on – toy-based cartoons so but i'm not i'm not sure but anyway right. that's a that's a digression <laughs> yeah so the but, one the, the tv show that they're doing so netflix is doing the magic order um which i it, it's three issues deep i just found it the other day i think i saw the netflix preview realized there was a comic went back found it um and i'll talk a little bit about it when we get to the pull list but um mentioning those things reminded me of the thing that i did want to specifically uh mention so, have you ever heard of the McDowell Award, Ian? No. So the um, the McDowell uh, Medal is it's a it's an award given. It's the McDowell Colony, so it's an artist residency, but it's here in New Hampshire. Um, oh, cool! So it, it's basically an award that's given. The way they look at it is. Um, uh, individual has made an outstanding contribution to American culture and the arts. Uh, so it's been it's been awarded to a lot of you know poets um, and and others. And I'll, I'll try to get a kind of a list of some of those people. But the reason I wanted to mention it today, it's a book that I keep thinking about putting on the read this, but we haven't. And that's Mouse. Um, oh yeah, so I, I, I own that. So I do too. Um, so I went to Art Spiegelman, uh, and it's the first time that a, a graphic novelist has won, you know, the the McDowell kind of award. Um, well, and and, it, and and Mouse Mouse won a Pulitzer too. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But th- so this is traditionally kind of like a a higher arts colony uh, type of thing. I was trying to look at some like of who prose. Yeah. So I was trying to look prose at prose and poetry probably. Yeah, so like uh, Robert Frost won it in 1962. Um, I'm trying to – George O'Keefe won it in 72. I'm just trying to pull out the names that most people – John Updike run, uh, won it in 81. Um, some, you know, some more uh, recent winners are like David Lynch and Toni Morrison. Uh, so these are all, you know, people that are kind of more a little more mainstream. Um, and now you're adding in – uh, Art Spiegelman, which is which was kind of interesting. It it happened to come across my my Twitter feed for one of the New Hampshire uh, geek things that I follow, and I was like, oh wow, that's really neat because I I had heard of the colony before, uh, but I didn't really care to read that much about it. So then I went back and and took a look at it, and it was kind of interesting to see um, because he was really really kind of humble about about winning it. He's wondering if it's a if it's that good of an idea to have a graphic novelist in there, but uh, um, but he, but he basically says too that you know since there is no minister of culture, it's it falls to pri- the private sector. Um, w- w- that was the idea of you know kind of the the award as well. So, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that real quick. Um, 
that that popped up um, just because it's a really popular comic and it's I think it's a great that you know graphic novels are even more mainstream now that they're now starting to w- win kind of literary awards yeah that's great that's a good story yeah. awesome all right well let us jump into the regular segments proper then Currently, humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. All right, welcome into the poll list where we discuss our current reading titles. And uh, I have a few things, and I know Andy always has a few things, but I thought we might start. We, we put a pin in it for last time and didn't talk about it, but I wondered if you were ready to talk about issue 52 of Astro City, which was the final issue of the current uh, series. Yes, yes. Yep, I All got right. it. I'm bringing it. I can even bring it up right now so I can look at it too. Yeah, so I, I just read it. I was able to go and pick up my comics uh, actually right before we went away to Maine for the week and was able to catch up on a few things. I'm still behind on Vader, and the reason I, I did not catch up on Vader is that they – unfortunately, they missed pulling one of the issues for me. So I have a gap, so I have to wait until I can pick up that one that was missing so that I'm not uh, not skipping. You, which one are you missing? Do you know? Uh, I want to say it's 19. But I'm I'm not positive. 19, I can't. Nineteen's an annual. Oh, it is. Okay, but it's still numbered nineteen because number nineteen was missing. I had like I think it was nineteen. I can't remember. It was somewhere oh, in the seventeen eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So nineteen nineteen is yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Nineteen was. Is twenty already out? Twenty's out now too. Yeah. Okay, so I'm pretty sure it's nineteen then, because I remember there was I had like two. I think I had sixteen, seventeen, or seventeen, eighteen, and then there was the gap, and then I had twenty. So I was like, oh, I got it. So they they ordered it for me, and uh, I should yeah, get it next 19, time. Nineteen. The cover of nineteen plays homage to the original um, Star Wars cover. Oh, uh, the original Marvel one. Yeah. So it's 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 instead of Luke standing up with the sword raised. Uh, and Vader in the background. It's Vader standing up with his sword raised, and the Emperor in the background. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, so it's a it's a cool little homage to to that. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, but that one's that one's an interesting one. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a little behind on. You see that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll catch up on Vader, and I'll be able to talk about that one next issue. Uh, but yeah, Astro City. So uh, it concluded uh, with issue 52 of the current run, and then they're gonna do kind of what they did previously when there wasn't an ongoing where they did uh, either one shots or, you know, four issue miniseries, things like that. So Astro City will go on, but the the ongoing series itself ended and uh, brought us back, as we had talked about before, to the character that you first meet in the one half 
issue number, which was a, uh, a special put out by Wizard Magazine, which is easily one of my favorite comic book stories of all time. It's, it's just a beautiful story about what happens when you are in a world of comic book heroes and the timelines get messed up. And uh, so it revisits a character from that and kind of close things up. I, I, I kind of thought we'd get a little more resolution than we did. So I don't know if I'm disappointed or not. What, what were your thoughts on it? Cause they, they really didn't resolve anything with it. Um, well, I think, it, well, what's interesting is they resolved him, I think, and his, his, uh, like his self-help group there, but then they brought you back to that other character that they've been following. Um, Yes, the kind of cosmic traveler guy. Exactly, and they and they kind of left that, in my opinion, that piece of it open. Um, but yeah, I think you know, I think he, he goes back to, you know, he feels comfortable going back to what he was doing, and you know, being being that guy. And I I really did like the fact that they they have um, the hangman there and. You know, at any point he could have eased his eased his suffering, but he chose he chose not to. He chose to use that for the greater good, which I think is one of those. You know, you we some of the superheroes we like the most are the ones that have to sacrifice uh, for the greater good. Um, you know, the whole idea of with great power comes great responsibility, and he he does. He has he has the ability to talk to people who have been affected by superheroes and kind of help counsel them. But that the cost of that is the fact that he knows he lived in kind of an alternate timeline, and he can never he can never get that back. He can choose to ne- forget it if he wants, but. He chooses not to. He chooses to use his loss as a way to communicate with others, and I think that's yeah. I think that's hugely like it's one of those things where it's it's he is an everyday hero created by superheroes, and yeah. is willing to kind of help superheroes out with the things that superheroes can't do, which is kind of fix fix the broken people that that are around after superheroes are there. Yeah, and uh, I I do like that it explored something that I had wondered about because he has he's essentially got two sets of memories. He's got the the timeline that he lives in, and then the timeline which has the the woman that he lost. And so it's interesting that it, it didn't go too deep into it, but it did explore it a little bit. That he he has two sets of memories, which I thought was really fascinating because it. You know, time travel stuff has always interested me because there, and there's no way to know what the reality of it would be, but different theories and and things like this are always interesting to explore because, you know, you do wonder what would happen if if um, you know timelines got split or altered or think you know someone went back in time and messed around with things. How does it affect what you know and what you remember and what you perceive as reality? So uh, I thought that was a really interesting thing that they did even though like i said they didn't go super deep on it but they did at least acknowledge it so i i did like that part of it and and i wasn't i I guess i wasn't disappointed i just um i think i was looking for maybe a stronger resolution but i i think what you said is probably right on the on the nose and maybe is kind of the point maybe that i didn't see as much that you know he is an everyday hero and he's choosing to continue to do his work even though it it pains him and those memories pain him he's 
turning that into a force for good by helping those others that have that have suffered as well yeah yeah and i, and I like to there's that one moment where he he thinks what would my life be like if you know i wasn't you know this counselor that i you know would i have gotten married and had kids and you know what would it would i be just another kind of person walking around in the in the city itself um yeah, and I, I yeah i liked it um I, I again the only disappointment for me is that is that cosmic characters in there again and i'm just still not sure you know what what his role is and it may just be to you know be that guy that ties in all the different kind of astro almost cities. like almost like astro city's version of the watcher yeah well, that was but still cool, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I, they teased the uh, uh, a story about the Enforcer, which I think is going to be really cool because he's a character that's been around for longer, really, than a than a normal human could have been, you know, uh, in costume and and being a hero. So they're going to explore that, and you know, have there been different iterations of him? Is he is he immortal? What what his story is? So I think that's going to be really cool because that's obviously a character that's been around since i think since the beginning of astro city and we never really learned that much about so i'm excited for that that's going to be the first uh mini series that they do so looking forward to that yeah me too all right so that was one i only had a couple things to talk about do you want to jump in with a few or do you want me to keep going well, why don't you finish up and then i'll then i'll bang out the ones i've been reading Okay, uh, caught up on The Walking Dead. Uh, I think uh, the current story arc has kind of turned for me. I, I'm, I'm more interested now because this new um, other uh, established community that they've come in contact with has very different rules and a very different way that they go about things. And so you can sense that there will probably be some sort of conflict. I mean, that's what kind of drives the, the book anyway, but, but it's, it's interesting to see this new community and their leader interact with all the small communities that, uh, that Rick Grimes has, you know, has worked with and, and helped put together around them. So there's kind of an interesting dynamic going on there. So I, I, I am enjoying walking dead still, uh, star Wars. I'm still a couple behind, but I did read issues 49 and 50 and, I I really like what they're doing with building in all of these pieces that we never knew about from the movies, like what happened. So so Rogue One gave us what happened to the, the small Mon Calamari fleet that they had, which was lost to obtain the Death Star plans, which is why we don't see the bigger capital ships in a New Hope, the original Star Wars movie, we, we just see the X-Wing fighters. But in issues 49 and 50, we, we get the rebuilding of that fleet that we end up seeing again in Return of the Jedi with Admiral Ackbar and everything. So it was really cool how that all came together and uh, and how Vader set a trap in there. And I, I just thought 49 and 50 were, were really good, strong issues and uh, really helped flesh out a lot of the Star Wars universe and how the Rebellion came to be even stronger after the destruction of the first Death Star and, and started to build and gain. They also do a good job of showing you how the destruction of the Death Star has made other 
planets and star systems want to rebel because they they see that maybe the empire can be taken down if enough uh you know systems and planets can band together so just really really enjoyed those and i'm looking forward to catching up i've got a couple more issues to catch up but i'm still really liking the the star wars ongoing uh as it uh hits and passes issue 50 me too uh and i'm still actually i'm i'm getting into dr afra again as as well which is kind of telling a story within the Star Wars universe that has, you know, the the lead character is is female, and she's she's kind of like a Han Solo, but she's also like a Landau Carisian as well because she's definitely kind of pulling on people's heartstrings and stuff, and she is an openly um, um, gay character as well too, and they're not they're not hiding it at all they're not ma- and they're not making it subtle either um which again i think to introduce that to the star wars universe um both the kind of the strong female lead and then kind of character like having her love interest be other female characters as well is 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 neat especially since one of the women she's involved with works for the empire and one works for the rebels um, oh cool yeah yeah how, how many issues is that up to 23 oh wow wow so that's almost two years worth i didn't realize it had been going that long yeah yeah, that's no, good I, yeah I'm, like i said it there's a point where it kind of got a little slow for me uh but i i jumped back in and have been loving it that's great to see a, a character born in the comics in the new iteration of the comics having a successful ongoing comic book that's great yeah and I, again i think it's it's a little bit of the writing it's the fact that you're telling I think you're really te- you're telling a interesting story inside of of that that universe that doesn't necessarily it it involves Vader here and there and it, it's got to involve somebody you know um, and at one point it you know they she touched in on Luke and um, and the group of rebels there but for the most part she's kind of doing her her own thing. Um, and I, I think that's neat. Yeah, and again, that kind of works within the framework because obviously she can't be a huge part of the story or, or we would have, in theory, seen her in the movies and stuff. So it's it's fun when they can work within that framework but still tell compelling stories. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they're doing a great job of it. Nice. Uh, All right, the last book I wanted to talk about was one that I picked up on a whim because I saw the ads for it in the Star Wars comic, and I thought, this looks insane. I have no idea what's going on here. I have to read it. So I picked up the first two issues, and I'm so outside the Marvel loop as far as continuity that I had no idea about any of this, but I I just went with it. Uh, So I picked up the first two issues on Comixology of Cosmic (laughs) Cosmic Ghost Rider. So have you picked this up? No, I haven't. I've seen it, and I've seen some of the because the um, what's coming out in the next few months for that is even is even crazier. But um, yeah, yeah. I was, so uh, yeah, go apparently, ahead. Uh, apparently, so again, this is how out of the loop I am with with Marvel continuity. Uh, apparently, Frank Castle became Ghost Rider at one point. 
became the Herald of Galactus at some point, became the black right hand of Thanos at one point, and then died, and then was on Asgard. And that's where it picks up. And so I had no idea about any of that. But uh, I've always loved the Punisher. I love Ghost Rider. So I was like, if there, if this is some sort of mashup, then then let me see what this is about. Yeah, and I, I think uh, within the next few months, uh, like Deadpool will be involved in it again too. Like so, it it should be it should be kind of interesting. Yeah, so it's it's insane, and I actually have a bunch of things that I don't like about it, but overall I, I still couldn't help myself. I really enjoyed it. Um, first thing is the artwork style. I'm not super crazy about it's a little too cartoony. Although some of the, the colors and everything are amazing. Like it really pops. It, it looks, there are a lot of panels that are amazing. And then there are a bunch, especially in the first issue where I'm, I'm like, I'm just not for whatever reason, I'm not digging the artwork. Um, so, so that was like a minor complaint. Uh, I, I don't know if Frank Castle has changed through all of this, but the voice and the way he speaks and not speaking grammatically correct is not the Frank Castle that I'm used to. He he almost sounds like he's channeling Wolverine or um oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's I don't it was off-putting. I, I was like my whole time I'm like this isn't the Frank Castle that I know. And granted that was, you know, the 90s when I was reading his ongoing and I haven't kept up with him much since then, so so it could be that the character has, you know, changed over time or whatever. But so that was a little off-putting. But uh, but the story itself is so insane that I and and just the the design of Frank Castle as like a cosmic ghost rider. The design is fantastic. I love the the design of him. Um, and so I. I without it being too spoilery, I kind of have to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's going on. Cause it's so insane, but essentially, uh, Frank Castle is complaining to Odin that he, he doesn't want to be immortal and live on Asgard. So, so Odin gets, uh, pissed off at him and sends him away. Uh, and he's got like this cosmic motorcycle and he's like the, so he's like essentially like a space ghost rider, but, but he can travel through time. He decides he's going to go back in time and kill baby Thanos. But then he, he gets there to do it and ends up not being able to do it because in, in the end, Thanos is a child and he's, he's not quite a baby because he can speak and stuff. But he's there's still that innocence. He hasn't become who Thanos will be. So he decides he's going to take baby Thanos with him and have adventures and try and shape his shape him so that he doesn't become evil and a, like a destroyer of worlds. That's so, hilarious. so, so you get, you get essentially sort of like a lone wolf and cub thing going on with, with space ghost rider, Frank Castle and baby Thanos. And it just gets more insane from there. So it, uh, I, I would recommend picking up the first two just to see what you think because it's so out there uh, that that it's it's got me intrigued and I'm I'm actually really looking forward to the next one now. So so I kind of took a chance with that and uh, again some minor complaints but overall intrigued and and entertained enough to keep going with it. Yeah, I might take I might check it out then. Um, like I said, um, every once in a while I'll kind of. Marvel will do one of their like previews, um, just as an article, and so they'll show like the covers, the variant covers that are coming out, um, and they'll usually talk about some of their new titles and whatnot. So um, that that was on there for their like 
it's probably their September, their September, October. It's their like next quarter, you know, what, what's coming next yeah. quarter almost. Um, and I saw that, um, and I was like, because there's a picture of, you know, cosmic ghost rider with a baby Thanos, like kind of strapped to his chest. Like, a, <laughs> yes, kind of he's, a he's pretty much, yeah, he's pretty much chained to his chest with the ghost rider chains. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah, that's how the first, first, uh, there's like a big splash page at the end of the first issue where, where he's, yeah, he's like riding right off the page into towards you, uh, on the, on this cool, like space bike. And he's got like, he's still got the, the flaming ghost rider head, but he wears almost like a, um, a space helmet that's reminiscent of Mr. Freeze's helmet. So it's all kind of contained in there and it looks neat. And then, yeah, he's got baby Thanos strapped to his chest that's and, cool. uh, Oh, Episode two ends with a cool cliffhanger. I, w- I won't spoil who's in it, but it's the Guardians of the Galaxy show up. But because Frank's messing with the timelines, it's not who you think it is as the Guardians. It's a pretty neat group. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would check it out. It's it's definitely worth the, worth the read of a couple just to see what you think because it's it's really different and out there. Uh, but I'm I'm actually I was I was pretty happy with it. Uh, I just put one and two in my cart because today is Wednesday. So yeah, the, the interesting thing is me and Ian are recording today on Wednesday, which is the day I sit and flip through Comicsology Unlimited looking for um, looking for new releases. So. Yeah, we're doing it during. We're, we don't usually record during the day, so yeah. um, and and usually not. <laughs> we, usually didn't not. Let, we, we didn't know what to say. It was during. The day. <laughs> And not on uh, not on Wednesday usually either. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it actually yeah. looks like that, this month they have a new Punisher starting too. Oh, interesting, huh? huh. Yep. Um, but that that was all I wanted to talk about. So yeah, feel free to to dive into your pull list. All right, sounds good. So um, just uh, again, I I still read a lot of comics um, that I've been reading for a very long time. Things like Black Science and East of West. Um, uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to talk about those. I, I usually try to talk about ones that are new to me or might be a little bit more st- mainstream sometimes and then sometimes kind of cross over to stuff that Ian reads as well. So um, G.I. Joe um, is doing special missions right now. Um, so the first one, um, so they're they're kind of going through some of their kind of he- like living legends. Um in this kind of five-part series so for july and august it was um this month uh the special mission uh was duke um and i thought they were gonna do some cool backstory stuff with duke no it was it was out of the ones so far the most the most boring um, oh really oh wow. my gosh it was I, I was never a huge Duke fan. Like they, they really played him up in the cartoon. Like they, they didn't even really use Hawk in the in the cartoon. They made Duke the leader in the cartoon. Yeah, in the comics and cartoon, I I just never got behind him for some reason. Yeah, so it's just not it's not there. Like, um, so I I been disappointed because they had done, um, oh, oh now I forget who they did the with the first month, and I'm trying to get back to it. They. They'd, in my opinion, they'd done some great stuff. You know, recent. Here we go. Uh, latest releases. Where'd we go? No, not unlimited. Oh, I'll find it in a second. So I was kind of disappointed by kind of what they had done with with Duke. So I was like, all right, let's see who it is this month. Um, this month they did Destro. Um, oh, nice. 
and they did it in a really cool way because they brought back his uh, Mars. You know how he sells, sells yeah the, the arms dealer. Yeah, yeah. So they had done um, they had done that, um, and that was that was uh, so. Stalker was the first month. Then they did Baroness. Then they did Duke, and they just dropped me off. And then they brought me back in with with Destro, and like it had a cool twist at the end, like you know, in terms of what was happening. But yeah, it's all about him kind of doing his arms dealer thing. So not kind of being the 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 second in command to um, to uh, Cobra Commander, but actually being his own character. So that, that one was really yeah. fun. I, I always liked his backstory too. Like he was like Scottish royalty and you know, that the mask that he wore was actually an ancestral thing. And I, I always thought that was really cool and added a lot of depth to him. Yeah. He's totally doing like the salesman thing throughout the whole thing too, which I thought was really neat. That's cool. Yep. So I've also been enjoying, uh, from the Marvel universe, multiple man. Uh, it's a limited, uh, run, um, it's, it's a, it's a cool little thing that they're doing with, with him. Um, he was basically kind of the hero of the, the last kind of mutant apocalypse. Um, and you know, somehow one of his multiples survived, even though the original died, which shouldn't have happened. Then there's some time travel involved and it's, it's, it's a little bit silly, but it's also fun. Um, so I've been, I've been enjoying multiple man moon Knight is still pretty good. They're exploring some kind of, um, backstory stuff that they introduced, um, a couple issues ago with how maybe moon Knight got some of his split personalities. Um, and they're, they're doing that in an interesting way. Um, do things from, yeah, I, I got to catch up there cause I, I love moon Knight and I'm, yeah, I, it, I, it keeps slipping through, you it's know, a little, the cracks. In my opinion, me. it's a little, it's a little tough right now. Um, to be honest, um, just because I can't always tell where it's, where it's going. Um, you know, it, and I, maybe that's some of it because that's moon Knight. Um, but the, they're starting to explore. So it started with 194, kind of where, where maybe some of Moon Knight kind of came from in terms of his split personality, um, and they're reintroducing a character in 197 that you you met three issues ago. That this might be like the confrontation. We might learn a little bit more about it. Um, I'm I'm really hoping they do. They they start to get away with a lot away from a lot of this self exploration in Moon Knight and just have them fight bad guys. Like, every issue is all about, whoa, why is Moon Knight so messed up? Like, you know, who are all these characters in Moon Knight's head? How is this going to affect Moon Knight? I was like, can't we just have Moon Knight kicking ass like he used to? Like, <laughs> Right. So, I think that's what I what I was disappointed with in the, in the last one, too, yeah. was we there was very little of him being heroic. It was a lot more of him, you know, like you said, exploring who he really is. So this which one, is, which is cool, but it just I felt like it went on too long. This most recent one starts that way, so um, it has a cool introduction, and he's just ready to kick ass, and then they bring this character in, and it's like, oh, now we're gonna get the next issue is gonna be kind of self exploration again, but we'll see we'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, that's I I still try to read it every month just because I want like I love the character and I want to see where it goes. New one I'm on, number three of his Sword Daughter. I mentioned that last month, too. 
cool little story about uh, a father and a daughter, the only survivors of a Viking village massacre and their kind of quest for revenge. Um, oh, you know what Star Wars came out with this month? I forgot to mention when we were talking about Dr. Afra, they came out with Beckett. Um, oh, they did. So it's cool. a limited, From Solo. Yeah, it's a limited run. It's neat. Um, so the first issue is totally like them, like run, like you see how Solo learned to be Solo a little bit from Beckett. Um, I know they didn't spend a lot of time together, but you kind of see, you know, maybe where some of that influence came from. And it's, it's another way I think of telling some of the stories you would like to tell about Solo in terms of kind of running scams and stuff that you, you might not be able to because it's Han Solo and how do you fit that into the canon? Um, so I think does they're it, trying to um, do, it, do it in a new way. That's awesome. Does it, does it, cause there's a, there's almost a throwaway line in Solo about where, uh, Beckett kills or a sing who's, who's a bounty hunter that we, it's, it's another one of those classic star Wars things where someone you see on screen for a couple seconds becomes very popular and gets their own backstory or a sing was seen briefly in phantom menace, um, watching the pod race. And then she kind of became her own, uh, you know, kind of grew from there. And it's mentioned in, in solo that, um, Beckett is the one that killed Lando actually says you're the one who killed Aura Singh. So I wondered if that was in there. Not yet, but they probably will build that in there. Okay, um, yeah, cuz yeah. it seemed like too cool a throwaway thing to to just lose. There, but and I might have missed that too um, cuz I was just I was I was uh I was concentrating on the story a little bit. Um, gotcha. But they totally they don't even try to change it. It totally looks like Woody Harrelson. That's awesome. Yeah. I will say that that's sometimes it's it pulls me out of it but i will say the artwork on the on the new marvel star wars series is very very good likenesses of the uh of the actors and and once in a while like i said it'll pull me out because i i in my brain i can see oh they framed that just like this scene in empire or whatever you know what i mean it's like the exact same shot from the same angle with the same characters and it's and it's I immediately know that it came from the movies. And so that kind of will draw me out sometimes because I'm, it, it feels I can understand maybe that they're doing it to make you feel comfortable with it and saying, Hey, this is star Wars, but it, it almost feels a little lazy to me. It's like, you know what I mean? Copying a, an expression or a, or something from a specific scene. And I've seen those movies so many times that it's that type of stuff. Isn't going to slip by me. Right, right, right. And then the last one I wanted to mention in terms of new stuff is the Magic Order, and that's the M Mark Miller one uh, that is being turned into a Netflix TV series. Uh, the idea is that it's basically there's five magical families that kind of act as kind of like the mafia, like but they're protecting the real world from the magical realm. So it, it speaks to me on the the kind of the Doctor Strange level that. You know, they're a protective order, but there's a there's a group of them that are kind of breaking away and they're kind of uh, there's some infighting and stuff. The way they do magic is really neat because it's really easy for them. It's very kind of Harry Potter where they're able to kind of mask it from kind of normals. Um, and I think if they do it as a TV show, it'll appeal to people that liked Harry Potter, but are now older and are more willing to see a little bit more kind of violence in their magic um kind of like what they're doing with the newer harry potter movies too uh the kind of the grimwald uh and the fantastic beast stuff um yeah so i see i see a lot of uh, a lot of potential for that 
Um, and Mark Miller, just I like a lot of his stuff, um, so I think they'll do great on that. Um, but I'm also continuing to read Doctor Strange, which is fun because he's still out in space, um, kind of coming across magical items in space and, and learning to kind of be a magician again. Some of the things he kind of got away from over the years uh, where he was relying more on kind of items and, you know, he's actually with, you know, right now he's actually, I think he's on Asgard um, in the forges um, because somebody realizes that, like, Stephen Strange doesn't even know how to make magical items. Like, he uses them all the time, but he doesn't know how to <laughs> right. make them. So someone's going to teach him how to make magical items. So That's uh, cool. Yep, that's fun. So, yeah, so those are those are the ones I've been reading. The only other thing I want to mention, um, last couple months I haven't been finding kind of large amounts of stuff to read on Comixology, Ching Unlimited. Um, the one I do want to mention is Deadly Class. Um, this is another one that is getting turned into a TV show as well. I think it's already done. Um, it's a neat little story of a, they're basically, it's a school, um, kind of Hogwarts-esque, but it's not magic, it's assassins. So, and there's cliques inside the school, and, you know, they they are required to go out as part of their exams is, like, to kill people and stuff. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it is both dark, and at the same time, like, you're watching this kid kind of adjust to a new school. So it's got that whole... I'm a new kid in a new school, but at the same time, it's also like everybody here is an assassin, and so am I. Um, so it's it's kind of neat, um, you know. So that's uh, yeah, um, and it's set in like 1987 too, so that makes it makes it fun as well. So, um, and that's an image comic. That's Rick Remender uh, is the writer, and I should probably look up what else he's done. Um, but I like it. Um, he's, I know the name. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's definitely done a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He's done a lot of Avengers stuff. Um, he did some of the Avengers axis stuff. Yeah. It looks like, um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's comiXology unlimited. It's easy. I like it. Um, and I'm kind of waiting until I'm hoping they put some more volumes out there for that too. Another one I tried, have you ever heard of elephant men? Yes. Okay. I, I have not read it, but I ha- I've seen it on the shelves. So the whole, like, I think eight volumes of it is on Comixology now. I, I think I need to find, like, a time to go back and sit and read it because I think it's really trying to tell some moral stories that I may just not have been ready for, um, that I might have just kind of flew through it. Um, but it if you are at all kind of a fan of Elephant Man, they have, I think they have, like, the first eight volumes on comiXology right now so that's probably 50 issues uh no they even have even more they have up to so they have volume six six yeah they have up to volume six so yeah they have quite a bit out there and it's an interesting story but they're um the only thing is is each each one is kind of each issue is its own little story it's not necessarily at least in the first volume there wasn't there was some continuity but it wasn't it wasn't a character that i was getting attached to gotcha gotcha yeah so that's where i'm at awesome all right well that's a nice full pull list then and we'll uh 
we'll move on. It's time I plan my trip around the world for my next adventure. Geek Nation Tours? Who are they? Geek Nation Tours is the premier company for finding the perfect geek vacation. Ah! Who are you? I'm the guy who's here to tell you that Geek Nation Tours is a company whose tours are filled by people who love the same things you love and will get all of your obscure references. Sounds great! How do I find out more? You can look them up at www.geeknationtours.com and sign up for the tour that's right for you. And remember that Geek Nation Tours is all about love. It is entitled Naturan de Manto, roughly translated Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. Okay, welcome into Read This, where we give you a trade paperback or a story arc or a single issue or something cool to read along with us, and then we come back and discuss it. And the most recent one was Superman Red Sun uh, by Mark Miller. So he's he's been, definitely been featured. Uh, if he was getting royalties for all the mentions, he'd be he'd be getting a little cha-ching uh, from, from this uh, particular episode of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. But... Um, Red Sun, it, it's so funny. Andy and I talked about it a little when we were on vacation up in Maine, and uh, I, in rereading this, I think it was rereading it. I did not remember any of it, so it made me wonder. Geez, did I did I really miss this? Did I just think I had read it? So it was it was strange for me to read it because I, I felt like I had read it and knew what it was about, but I remembered almost nothing of it. Yeah, no, it um it definitely was one that I knew I read. And I don't know whether maybe I read it. I only read part of it, um, like the because it's it's three. It's basically three volumes. Uh, I don't know how else to to kind of say it. But um, one of them, you know, has a, a Batman analog as well. Um, and I remembered that very very clearly. Um, but there was a lot of other stuff that I that I didn't remember. Yeah, and and just touching on the Batman analog, the they found interesting ways, and and I thought clever ways, because sometimes it can be contrived with these Elseworlds uh, stories. We we should probably set it up for those that didn't read it. Essentially, Superman Red Sun is the story of what would have happened if the spaceship sending Superman to Earth had uh, either been delayed or or just time wise landed a little bit differently and ended up in Soviet Russia. And so he was raised instead of, uh, you know, um, the, the American way, he was raised uh, as a kind of a tool of communist Russia. Uh, but not, so, but, but it's not, he's not necessarily a tool. He's a, he's a loyal, he's loyal to the Russian people. Uh, true. He's, he's actually, I was actually surprised in reading it too, that he was very, like you said, loyal to the Russian people, but didn't seem to have been like there. There didn't seem to be the hatred for like the U.S. and things, because this was, you know, obviously Cold War times and things like that. So, um, yeah. So, so it's just a it's a neat premise, and a lot of times with these Elseworlds ones, they will sometimes do contrived things to be like, oh, here's what you would get for Batman in this particular timeline or this world or whatever. And I, I didn't feel that way with this one. And they managed to, to work in all kinds of stuff like, uh, like Bizarro, like, um, instead Wonder of, Woman. 
Wonder Woman plays a huge part in it. Um, Batman is it's an interesting way you get to the Batman character of a of an orphaned uh, you know character who who feels wronged and and wants to you know seek out vigilante justice. Uh, you get a version of the bottled city of Kandor, except it's Stalingrad. The city of Stalingrad is shrunk down and placed in a bottle. Yep. You get Brainiac. You, get the green, you have that Brainiac. Brainiac. Yeah, you get the Green Lantern Corps, which they they tweak by saying that the the lantern came from the crash in Roswell. Um, you get um, you get a very heroic Lex Luthor, which is really cool. Um, you know the way the way that he's portrayed is is the way that he I think has always seen things in his mind is that he's the good guy. So you get you get a, a, a heroic Luthor. You get um, a neat time paradox uh, in the ending they just they they managed to put in a lot of neat stuff while still telling a really cool story well what's really interesting to to i i don't know if i would call luther a hero well but as far as what he i more so what he maybe morally and stuff not so much but but what he accomplishes i think he ends up you know being that's kind of where he ends up in the in the world view yep but yeah, I mean, just it, it really cool the way they they worked some things in, um, and it so didn't you know who feel. So else they work in? You don't get to see her, but they um, Luther's. It's so in the second volume, Luther's secretary. It's I Mrs. Tessermack from the oh the Tessmacher from the, the from the. Yeah. Yeah. From the first couple of Superman movies, that's yes. funny. I didn't, I didn't even catch. That. Oh my gosh! As soon as I read it, that was like, I've got to remember this to tell Ian because that was the the one. All the other ones were so obvious, like the, and I'm sure there may even be other ones buried in there. But yeah, he's so funny. he's on the phone. He's like, oh, and tell Loomis and Shot, I'm ready for Attack Plan 307, Mrs. Tessermark. Uh, I feel like I'm on an intellectual roll today. Like, so he's just he's talking to his secretary. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I completely. Um, and I was trying to. I'll be honest. I was trying to catch up. So there was the. I won't say skimming, but I was definitely reading at a faster pace to make sure. So that's probably why I missed it. But oh, yeah, that's the, fine. if, if yeah. the names, if the names in there, I definitely would have recognized it because that's. I love those first two Superman movies. Um, so um, that's funny. Yeah, they 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 just worked in a lot of really neat stuff. And and I I. A lot of the Elseworlds, and not even so much the Elseworlds, but a lot of the what-if from Marvel, the what-if stories, end up, they give you the premise, but they end up still kind of bringing it back around to what you already knew. You know what I mean? Like um, like a good example is the, the what-if, uh, what if Frank Castle's family hadn't been killed? Um, so it, it alters that to the point where they live, but they end up dying later and he still becomes the Punisher. You know what right, I mean? It's like right, right. it doesn't that to me isn't isn't compelling. This one, they took a really cool premise and did some really interesting things with it from a from a story standpoint um, and and didn't end up bringing Superman back around to what we know about the character. You, you know what I'm saying? There's you know, it, it stayed true to the concept, which I really appreciated. And I and I. I like how, and again, I, I don't. I guess we can spoil it since we're we're talking about it. Just how it ends, because it's it's one of those things where you're, you know, what Superman ends up doing is kind of overprotecting the human race. So, 
sets it up so yep sure there's you know the soviet union and at that point i think they say what is it like uh chile and america are the only two kind of um uh, non-communist countries left in the world that because basically superman just spends all day like running around saving people um and he and he does it in a way that kind of promotes the the soviet ideals and and stuff like that but but to to kind of help out after time he has to have kind of some draconian authority which harkens back to the batman versus superman movie that we saw a couple of years ago where that's kind of what batman feared would be that superman would basically he is so powerful that he could institute kind of whatever measures he would want in order to ensure that you know you know everybody was safe um you know and you know to keep some people safe it means you're you know you're taking harsh harsh measures on on certain people like lobotomizing people right uh, right it it reminded me a bit of um uh supreme squadron supreme yes with the the ethical questions about you know things like that yep yeah yeah and i um but i thought it was really good um and then i i like i like how it ends because luther because they make superman out even though he's communist to be kind of the hero the whole time and luther's kind of maniacal um even though he's you know he's trying to you know support the u.s and fight the red menace like it really seems like is the red menace that bad like you know everything seems to be going really well for everybody except the u.s um and then when luther kind of finally wins he wins because the whole time he just wanted everybody to have kind of their own choices uh, right and he felt right. that's what the problem with superman was is that you didn't you didn't get choices um and it's neat, yeah, because then it's like, like, it loops back around. Like, I love, I love that idea. Like, that it's, that the very ending of it is how Superman is created in the first place. Um, because it's actually Earth in the far future. Because our sun has gone from uh, yellow to red. And the great descendants of Luther, you know, are not being listened to because their planet is about to be destroyed. So they send their only son back in time, you know, to potentially kind of save the Earth from this catastrophe. Yeah, and and that it ends up being a descendant of of Luthor and Lois is. Uh... Yep. Yep. Yeah. is is kind of a neat twist on it as well yeah I, I really like the ending the kind of that time paradox thing where it's like it ends up coming back around to something we're more familiar with but it's still not quite right. the superman that we know right so you got like how did superman get to earth that 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 story like but it's actually he, he was from earth he was just from a future so distant that people you know looked like superheroes and he had a different son and you know and they they're able to kind of explain all of that um i liked it uh yeah because cal l is it's the l is for luther not you know, yeah. yeah yeah which is a nice a nice little twist yeah yeah, yeah i really i really enjoyed this and I, I again i don't know what happened where i maybe i just thought i had read it um uh, because i i really didn't remember much of it so um 
so it was nice. It was nice to go back and, um, you know, whether I was reading it for the first time or, or the second time, it, I really, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really good. I, I think it's definitely worth picking up. Yeah, I, li- I liked it a lot. Awesome. All right, so check out Superman Red Sun, and uh, it is Andy's turn to pick for what we're going to need for read for next month. And I think you, uh, I think you've already got it picked out, and I think you're you think you're a little excited about it. Yeah. 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 So, and again, you may make me change it only because I don't think <laughs> you've read this because I think this is something that I would have come across back when we were talking about comics with uh, within the Nerd Herders instead, but it's. Uh, Walter Simonson's Star Slammers? No, we definitely have not read that. All right, so it's on Comixology Unlimited. That's another reason I read it, um, but I've I've gone back and read it a, a couple times. I, the reason I'm picking it this time around is because I really want you to, to read this one. Um, so the original Star Slammers, like, um, so it, it came out, oh, it had to be... It's the 80s, wasn't it? Oh, like, even, I know the name. I think it's even earlier because he, like, some of the initial concepts, he's at uh, Rhode Island School of Design, and he's doing that as part of his, um, uh, whatever, his college thesis. So this oh. is this is a comic book that came out of a college thesis, and it's, it's neat. But basically, the premise is, once upon a time, there was a race of men who could outshoot, outfight, and outkill anybody. They were paid fabulous sums of money as mercenaries. The practice became so lucrative that they decided to go into business. They became the most successful businessmen in history, and they called themselves the Star Slammers. <laughs> yeah. All right, I, I'm down for it. Simonson obviously had a had legendary run on uh, Thor, so I uh, including um, you know Beta Ray Bill and all that. So yeah, I'm I'm down. That yeah. sounds fun. Yeah, no, that's and I think that's how he also did some all star western stuff too. Uh, which was the Jonah Hex stuff. So there was, yeah, there was some cool, cool stuff in there. Um, so I thought that would be that would be a fun one, uh, fun one to do. Yeah, that sounds cool. All right, check out Star Slammers next time. GameMat.eu creates mats to game on. Bring your games to life and conquer the mightiest cities. Or discover long-lost realms. Each battle mat is made from the finest rubber-based mouse pad material, so you can simply change your tabletop into a battlefield in no time. You can get your mat in a variety of sizes, plus you have your choice of resin terrain to add to your mat. Game on with GameMat.eu. And please don't make the super suit green. Or animated. All right, we are now into the somebody section where we take a character and uh, give you a little bit more insight or talk about what we like about them, et cetera, et cetera. This was Andy's pick, so I'm going to turn it over to him. Yeah, so I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, excited for some of the new um, uh, Netflix series. Uh, one of the characters that they teased in the new uh, version of um, Iron Fist is... Uh, a, a character that I thought we might have seen in um, in Daredevil, and we did see in the movie version of uh, either Daredevil or Elektra. I can't remember. Must have been Elektra because I never saw Elektra, so I, and I don't remember her being yeah. in any any movie version. So is uh, so the character is Typhoid Mary, so definitely a villain, um, but a 
a villain that has split personalities, one of which isn't bad. So Typhoid Mary, you know, Mary Walker, you know, Mary Walker was that's the that that's the name of the actual historical analog Typhoid Mary. Um is basically she has three personalities, um, each one a little bit deadlier than the last. So you have Mary, you have Typhoid, and you have Bloody Mary. And it changes over time too, but basically the Mary personality is fairly normal. She may have some mutant abilities like telekinesis, but each one of the kind of Typhoid Mary definitely has telekinesis. And then Bloody Mary has telekinesis and pyrokinesis. So it's basically, you know, and and they did really neat things in Daredevil with her where each one of her personalities acted so differently, talked so differently, um, had different heartbeats uh, that Matt Murdock was never able to tell them apart because he, he eventually dates Mary for a while. Um, oh wow! Actually, I, I didn't cause, know that. He's the cause of where she comes from and everything too. But yeah, she's just—it's basically a really neat, uh, a neat character. And then she plays a huge role in um, House of M because she's Mutant Zero. Somehow, the virus that, or the when—not the virus, but when every mutant loses their power, she doesn't. Um, and it's not really described why that happens. They say it might have something to do with her personalities. But again, she's just, she's kind of got really good kind of martial arts skills. Um, but then she has these low-level mutant powers. But again, she's a neat villain because she's not always bad. And sometimes they, you know, they play that, they play that up quite a bit. But I, I thought she was a, she was a neat character. Like I said, she's been in Spider-Man. She's been in Deadpool. She's been in, um, obviously, Daredevil uh, for a little while. Um, the, the, that's how I got first introduced to her was through, um, through Deadpool uh, because each one of the personalities hires a different uh, – hires a mercenary uh, for a different task. So Mary hires Deadpool to kill her. Like, he, she doesn't want to be alive anymore. She doesn't like having these split personalities, especially because two of them are evil. The typhoid character hires Deadpool to break her out of the mental institution she's in. And then Bloody Mary hires a completely separate uh, mercenary. So it's a it's a really fun storyline because Deadpool has two contracts uh, with the same character. One of which is to kill the character and the other one is to rescue that same character. So... <laughs> um, and they did a really good they did a really good job with that nice yeah. i'm uh, i'm looking at some of the uh costume designs and i i was pretty familiar with the original one um which is kind of like uh she's got kind of like fishnets and a like a, a purplish uh top and then like these ridiculous 90s era <laughs> shoulder pads but um some of the new designs are are almost reminiscent of of Harley Quinn um like a like a bustier and like looks like like jeans that are cut on one side with the fishnets and um and like a leather jacket and stuff so interesting to see kind of her evolution um of the look over time too yeah uh, and i think i think it's one of those things too where that's what they were they might have been going for originally like with her and domino um, there's this kind of um, 
street level kind of bad guys um, that aren't always bad guys. Well, I guess Domino's not really bad, but um, you know, it, again, I, I like picking these somebodies that are hard to put into one category because Mary's neither, you know, she's not a superhero. She's just a regular person who happens to have kind of two personalities that are super villains. Um, right. But I, I, it's that idea that she could fit into, she has mutant abilities so she can fit into kind of the, the higher powered X-Men stuff, but she can also sit within the, the Spider-Man and down into the kind of the daredevil where, you know, you have what I would consider kind of more street level characters. Yeah. And, uh, neat that she's appeared in, um, I'm just looking through the Wikipedia. She, she's appeared in some other, uh, other media. Um, she was, uh, she had a cameo in the nineties X-Men cartoon, which I I love that cartoon. That was really good. Uh, she was in, uh, Avengers secret war. And, uh, I didn't realize it's going to be Alice Eve that's playing her in, um, in iron fist. So that's pretty cool. Because she's uh, she's been in uh, Star Trek Into Darkness and um, a few other things that uh, genre fans probably know. Men in Black Three. So yeah, so so it's it's neat that they they chose her for that. Um, she's yeah. been in she's been in a bunch of the video games too. So yeah, cool cool character. I really like the the character design and how it's evolved over over the years. Like I said, it's a very '90s uh, original. Because let's see, when did she? Eighty-eight. So it was 88, late eighties. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Daredevil two fifty-four, uh, created by Ann Nocenti and John Romita Jr. Yeah, it's kind of neat to see her evolution, as far as a character and as you know, just her appearance as well. Right. And she has like, and again, she. I think she has some great. She has a. You know, her her background is that you know, she was. You know, her condition was created when, you know, she was accidentally kicked out a window by Daredevil. Um, which yeah, getting accidentally kicked out of a window is interesting in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's but a that, very comic comic book origin though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's, but I um, thought uh, with her coming out kind of in a in a new a new format, it would be kind of cool to see what that what that looked like. Yeah, for sure, definitely a cool character. So, all right, check out uh, Typhoid Mary. All right, we have come to the end of issue 17 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, and we did have something in the mailbag. Um, oh, cool. Although re- rereading it, I'm a little confused. I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> but it's from uh, Jamie D. Egan Searle, who um, he's been a constant and uh, frequent contributor to both our Hero Man and Sidekick Boy page and uh, the Nerd Herders as well. So he says, I was wondering uh, if it's only me that loves the X-Men only if they've featured in the nineties cartoon. So I don't, I, I'm not quite sure what he's saying. If he's saying he, he likes the X-Men, but he, it's just the ones from the, from that cartoon, which would have been, um, a lot of the standard ones, Cyclops, uh, Jean Grey, Gambit, Rogue, Jubilee, Wolverine. So Jamie, I'm not sure exactly what your question is, but, um, well, if you, if you think about it, those are some of the better, the better characters, but it's, it's funny how prominent Jubilee was in that series. And she, I think, I think it was to give a younger kind of entryway to younger viewers. It, it, that would be my guess. Right. Since she was young, but she's nowhere else. Like it is like her powers are <laughs> right. not fun to watch on TV. Like they're not <laughs> right. Like beyond a comic book. I mean, be, sorry, beyond a cartoon, like even in a comic book, like, her 
I, like she's a neat character, but that's not a very powerful kind of mutation in any sense. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, and I mean she's we we've seen her briefly like cameos and stuff in some of the films, but again, there's not she just doesn't <laughs> it's not like she's going to be in the middle of an action set piece, you know. She's um yeah, those those abilities are not particularly uh effective <laughs> in combat. So, yeah, it's a, it's a it's an interesting character because it was one of those kind of 90s things where she was prominent in, you know, for a little while she was prominent in the comics as well. You know, and they kind of played up her relationship with uh, uh, Wolverine in the cartoon, which really kind of replaced the comic version, which was his relationship with Kitty Pride. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. Colossus was in the cartoon a lot too. Who um, I've always I've always liked him, and of course he's had some some great on screen appearances in the Deadpool movies. And, so. But he was even good in some of the previous um, X Men movies yeah, the, too. Yeah, the Brian Singer ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were those were good. Um, yeah, it is really weird too. Like you you mentioned they where they make that change between uh, Kitty Pride and Jubilee, like. It's almost interesting, like, why wouldn't you have just done Kitty Pride instead of Jubilee in the in the TV show? Yeah, I don't know. I, I do wonder about that because it's, again, you get that the youth character, Kitty Pride, more established, has, you know, much more interesting powers b- being able to phase, has that relationship with Colossus. So it's, a, yeah, yeah, that was an interesting choice. And maybe it was more... I don't know. You never know. It could have been more of a fashion thing too, because she had such a. Maybe they were trying to reach a, a specific, you know, younger girl demographic or something. Because her, you know, her the way she dressed and everything was very, nineties. Um, yeah. You know, so with the with the the sunglasses and the trench coat, you know, the the bright colored trench coat and all that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Interesting, interesting because, choice. Well, because her powers weak, but maybe her powers too close to like what Nightcrawler's doing too. That could be, although he was—I don't think he was in the cartoon a ton. I thought he was. Um, I don't—I don't remember—I don't remember him being in a lot. But you're right; no. he, you know, certainly it is similar. Yeah, um, at, like the main characters. They did a lot with uh, Cyclops was front and center. Gambit was Gambit and Rogue oh, were front yeah. and center. That was Wolverine. Like, that was that weird Gambit too. Like he, was, I don't know, he was—he was really flashy. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But they did some cool. Uh, some cool storylines in the in the comic. They did Days of Future Past, and um, you know they yeah. altered them a little, but they but they did do some you know and they did a lot yeah, of stuff with Sentinels. You get, and you get the the look that you have for Bishop. I think actually yep. comes out of out of the comic, uh, sorry, the cartoon and into the comic, or they just copied it very closely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So thank yeah. thank you, Jamie. Jamie, yeah, that for was the, a great. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that was a great show. Um, I, I've watched it a little with my kids because they, it's like they, you know, they like the superhero stuff. They like obviously love the Marvel movies and stuff like that. So it's fun to go back and revisit. And some of the stuff doesn't hold up as well, and some some does. the The '90s Spider-Man cartoon is strong, but I and solid, but I think it really hurt itself by having season long storylines. So you can't you can't just jump in and watch an episode of the 90s Spider-Man and the animation was great. I love the the guy that they did for the voice. You got so many iconic Spider-Man bad guys, but it was literally 20 episodes of a storyline, you know? So it's it's tough to just say, "Hey, we, you know, let's let's what 
you know, watch one of these episodes of Spider-Man and, you know, you can't really, it's not something you can just watch on a, on a whim to, to kill a little time. It's, you know, it's, it's an investment because there's just, it, it's a, it's an ongoing thing, which, you know, at the time was, you hadn't really seen in cartoons, but, but now later on, I think kind of hurts it because it's, it is so tough to, to just sit and watch an episode and, you know, not know what's going on in the entire season story arc. Something that, so I forgot, I forgot to mention this. They are doing a tribute. I don't know if it's going to be a Spider-Man or if it's actually gonna be an Iceman comic, but it's it's a it's I don't know if it's a one-off, but it's a limited series where it's basically Iceman, Spider-Man, and Firestorm. Firestar. Firestar, yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So Spider-Man hey, is amazing friends again. Um, yeah, and that's supposedly awesome. Supposedly, it's all about a date that Iceman is going on, um, <laughs> because he's nice. another openly gay uh, character as well. Right, um, right. So it's, but yeah. So I, I'm that may be one that I have to pick up just out of this because of nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was one I watched when my kids were younger. We we watched it, and again, they they used a ton of the, you know, classic. You got Green Goblin, you had Hobgoblin, you had um, Craven the Hunter. You had occasional appearances by um, by the X Men or Captain America and stuff. So it was it was very true to the comics, which which I really liked. I wonder if I can find the old Spider Man TV show. The live action? No, the one right after that. The one where we get the actual Spider-Man song. Uh, oh, yeah. No, that was even before the Spider-Man, Spider-Man. That was from the 60s, that one. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> it was very limited am- animation. They would have like, well, of course, Spider-Man, his mask doesn't move when he talks. So it would be like he could be talking for seconds and it's the, you know, 10 seconds and it's the same it's the same frame of animation. So they, they definitely cut corners with it. But um, but it was still cool because it was, you know, any time, especially when we were younger and we didn't have all the movies and everything. Anytime you got to see the comic book stuff on on TV was was super cool. Oh, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we've come to the end of another issue unless you had anything else, Andy. No, that was it for me. Awesome. Well, I uh, I thank you as always for joining me, and uh, this was our August 2018 issue. So you should get this before the end of the month, and we will come back again in September and talk about some new things. So um, thank you, Andy. Thank you, sir. This is a good one. I had fun. Me too. I did. I did as well. So yeah, check out Superman Red Sun if you didn't get a chance to read along. Check out Star Slammers for. Uh, for next month and uh, dig a little deeper on Typhoid Mary if she sounded interesting because you're going to see her on the Iron Fist Netflix show so um, yeah a lot of neat stuff to dig into and and we've obviously talked about a bunch of comics that you might be interested as well interested in as well so uh, interact with us on the Facebook page Hero Man and Sidekick Boy but I'm, I'm always okay with if people want to email me directly to you can email me at imclark at comcast.net uh, if you have other things you want to talk about and you are not someone who's on Facebook uh, go ahead and feel free to shoot me an email and and uh, whether it's something to talk about on the mailbag or just questions or reading suggestions we're always happy to take those so alright I think we're done so I will say thank you again to my co-host Andy I was giving, I was giving you a chance to if you wanted to say bye Oh, yeah. No, um, I don't want to say goodbye because this has been so much fun. So it's so (laughs) long till next time, friend. That's beautiful. All right. Sounds good. We will be back next month. Until then, it's a four-color world. We're just living in it. Anybody care? Sunset.
This has been Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, a part of the Freebooters Network. Please check out our Facebook page and head to the Freebooters Forum to engage with us about the current episodes or about things you'd like to hear us talk about. And please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. Thanks so much for listening. 